Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast, where we discuss secrets for selling on Amazon and for growing your sales and your margins. And today's going to focus specifically on that sales and margins because I've got with me, I've got Ian from SellerSnap. Now, um, I've had a lot of experience with many different repricers. And the truth is, is like, um, if you're not using a repricer, my first thing is just use one. Um, but there are a lot of different ways to use them. There's a lot of different ideas and it does make a difference. I have seen pricing strategies um, increase our margins by as much as a dollar per sale. And when we're dealing with like on average, you know, our profit margin is three or $4, like it's a big deal. Before I actually have uh, Ian, let me tell you about how I first came across SellerSnap. I, I met them at Prosper about three years ago at the show, and they answered every one of my questions the, the right way. You know, there's like a lot of different parameters, and I'm like, you have to kind of have this for me to consider you as a repricer because we are a unique kind of seller, and you know, we've got our own ideas that we want to couple those ideas with something very good. And so, SellerSnap has always been on my radar. And so that's why I'm really glad to like get in and ask more questions, see if there's any improvements. And, um, and I'm very open to, you know, I like, there are many great solutions and I'm very open to something new. Um, so Ian, welcome. Thank you, Scott, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have been around for a while. Um, how many years have you been in the uh, repricing game? We've been in the repricing game for what is it, three and a half years? Yeah. So you know, in so it's in terms of you know Amazon and third-party sellers. You know, from 1999, that's such a short part of that actual lifetime. But um, you know, we've been around, we've been around for a bit, and we're still uh, and, we plan on being around for a lot longer. And how would you guys? How would you describe SellerSnap? So SellerSnap is an AI um, repricing solution and analytics platform for third-party Amazon sellers. In short, um, we provide a software as a solution. We'll peel some of that out, but I know what everyone really thinks a lot about right now is that in July of last year, it um, it was provable. I demonstrated in our data that like, there was a shift in the buy box rotation that I rarely see uh, it snap like that from one strategy to another. And what's your read on this and has it evolved? Wow, um, that's, a, that's a great question. You know that, that July 1st, 2020 change still haunts my nightmares. Really? Uh, as, as a repricer. It is something that threw a lot of sellers in a loop. Um, the reason boils down to buy box rotation and how the buy box is rotated. We know, we've always known that buy box share has to do with um, a few different uh, data points, including um, your ratings, reviews, but most importantly, your price. Right. But that being said, we did know, we did know that there was a point where, you know, if there was multiple sellers, you know, for example, FBA, all using or all at the same price, there's a pretty good chance that, you know, you're rotating the buy box. Everybody's getting a little bit of love. Everybody's getting some sales and everyone was winning that first day of July of 2020. Um, we saw that there was a bit, that there was a big change that there were 
that even when we're matching prices, we weren't seeing that same rotation. It mm -hmm. wasn't across the board, but it was on a significant number of listings um, according yeah. to you know the different data we're following. Um, and I would say that what it boiled down to was, in my personal opinion, uh, there's, there was some kind of internal Amazon metric that they were following. I know that there were a lot of times that we would see that it had to do with reviews and ratings um, along with price. But I did see the, I did see situations where it's the inverse, which is why I, I do believe that there's other metrics that might not be transparent, um, you know, to Amazon sellers and to ourselves um, that would decide on who gets the buy box, such yeah. as, you know. That, that's orders. exactly what I saw. And I, I actually created a YouTube video where I just showed this. I was like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. You know, these sellers all of a sudden now are just hogging the buy box. And I, I there's no, I haven't seen a perfect answer out there um, because it wasn't across the board. Sometimes uh, certain products I did that. And it really has affected uh, some businesses dramatically. You know, I've seen some desperation out there and Amazon said like, Hey, everything is working as intended. You know, this is um, the, the new normal. Um, when someone is coming to you and talking about this, uh, what's, uh, what, what's your answer? There are a lot of Amazon sellers out there. And during that change back in July, there were a lot of losers, but the thing that we have to remember, Remember, is there are also there were also a lot of winners, and I can tell you in terms of sellers snaps customers, we saw people on all ends of the spectrum. We saw people that were not getting any buy box at all, and we saw complete domination on every single listing. And then we saw people in the middle that were you know that fifty percent of their listings were dominating, fifty percent of their listings were not. Mm -hmm. So the the question that I got asked the most is. What is SellerStamp doing to you know our AI algorithm in order to combat these changes? Mm -hmm. And the short answer is the algorithm as the default settings is nothing. And the reason is because of the spectrum, right? We don't want to change the default settings um, to help the people that are weren't necessarily getting the buy box. And which would hurt those who are dominating the buy box because you know we have to think about all of our customers as a greater good. So the next question that came to mind with sellers now is what can we do in order to, to help those sellers that aren't competing? And so that's where it comes in that we have the ability to add conditions um, to our repricing model. So if the, AI, if the AI default is not working or not in the way that you expect or not hitting the KPIs that you want it to, we have um, the ability to make small adjustments. For example, and a really popular one is to have our AI default repricer. Um, and then if I don't have a purchase in X amount of hours, then we move to a different repricing method. So it was a way of combating, um, combating this issue of not having sales. Cause that's, that's really the bottom line. When people are saying, oh, I'm not getting buy box. What's the, what's the real issue is I'm not actually selling. Right. It does take, you know, I, I'm, I'm presume you guys do this. When I hear AI, I think that you're taking every product as its own track record, its own history, its own rotation. And uh, 
maybe doing a little bit of testing to see like, you know, do you need to price it down? Do you need to price, can you price up? And that it's not a one size fits all. That's why I've, uh, you know, algorithmic repricing, like there's absolutely a place for it. It is um, likely the, um, you know, best in class solution will be, have to be doing that, but not all algorithms are equal. Can you tell me maybe what's unique about yours and maybe uh, some updates that you've done say in just the last two years? Yeah, well, really sets us apart. Before I jump into what sets us apart, actually, it's important to understand the difference in the general idea of, of a repricer. So when it boils down, you know, we have the rule-based repricers where I sign up and then I go in and I create rules. If this, then, if this happens, then do that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what sets us apart is that the AI will have all of these different situations built in and will change its strategy to meet certain outcomes. And so I'll explain a little bit about what our AI repricer does. Mm -hmm. and we really aim to do two things. We aim to avoid price wars and get the buy box at the highest possible price. Now the question is, how do we do that? And so right. the way we do that is much like you said, is we scan the competitive environment and then we, and in that scanning, we understand that the decisions that our competitors make based on the, on the decisions that we make. And so a really quick example of that is with rule-based repricers, we often see that sellers will use a strategy of undercut my lowest competitor by a penny. So what happens when that, what happens when two competitors go up against each other, undercutting each other by a penny? Competitor A undercuts competitor B, who undercuts competitor A, and this goes back and forth. You know, getting about fifty percent of the buy box doing this, but ultimately bottoming out the price. So where seller snap comes into play is that we see that this is happening, and we understand that that competitor is attached to our price, right? They're attached to our price minus a penny. So what we'll do is we'll then capture the buy box and raise the max. And this is kind of where the AI comes in is that that decision to raise the max was done already knowing that that competitor is going to come with us. So we'll, we'll go up, we'll wait for our competitor to come with us, and then we'll begin that bidding war, undercutting them by a penny, letting them undercut us until the repricer thinks that the price gets too low. And then it will reset to, a, to the max or a portion of max. Yeah. And what I mean by a portion of max is we can also understand how high did that competitor go up with us that last time? Right. Did we perhaps find out, sniff out that max price? If so, we can use it. Yeah, no, I, I totally resonate with um, being creative about pricing up. That's one thing that like if a, if a, re, if a repricer doesn't, they don't tell me like how they're pricing up. I'm like, I don't know if you get the full picture. <laughs> we, I've been down this road and um, right. I'm not sure if I cut you off if you were uh, explaining further, but um, do you do anything where you consider the seller's uh, stock levels on the product? Uh, that's a great question. So that is something that we don't necessarily take into account. Um, we do have the ability to add that on uh, because some seller, all sellers have different um, KPIs. They have different outcomes that they want to hit, right? And so some sellers will say, you know, I have no reason to hold on inventory. You know, whether depending if they're a wholesaler versus arbitrage or, or vice versa, you know, they 
they might say, I sell as much as you can sell. But then some will say, you know, if I am starting to, if I drop below 50 units, let's say, start to back off the buy box. And, that, and that's something that we do have the option for. Um, it is not built into the AI as I described it by default uh, because generally a repricer is there <laughs> to win the buy box. And so that's what the default is going to do. But again, you do have um, um, customers who have that. So do you guys allow um, some sort of, uh, can you, let's see, people have like different management systems for their inventory and, you know, sure. uh, conditions can change. You described a few where like maybe they want to stay in stock all the time or maybe they want uh, to run out of the inventory. They don't want to hold on to it at all. Um, and they may want to be updating the mins and max on the repricer regularly or frequently. Do you have any way to integrate with, uh, for, like a seller can integrate with um, SellerSnap? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you're asking about, you know, FTP and API access. Yeah. Uh, that, that is something that we do have um, available to our, our premium subscribers uh -huh. where they can update um where they can update mains and yeah. taxes, costs, even that, repricing presets as well. That is actually one thing that for me right now, like it's, it's required. <laughs> like we, we have too many team members dealing with too many like pricing. We have our inventory management system and we just want to feed a repricer to do like the magic of like, hey, between you know, $12 and $17, get us the most margin as possible. But we set that and like we can be dynamic in that. I mean, there's times that like, uh, uh, suppliers tell us that like we have to change our pricing for whatever reason and we want to be able to do that or if we want to decide to unload inventory that we can do that as well so i'm glad to hear that you guys do that um there's one word that you guys throw around um in describing yourselves uh it's a uh, game theory that like you know that th your your ai is inspired by game theory um, have we already been covering that or is there something else about game theory that uh, you think would be helpful to understand? Um, yeah, you know, we do kind of, we do really differentiate ourselves as a game theory pricer. And the reason is the same strategy that I spoke about earlier. And because we're learning from a specific portion of game theory, which is the prisoner's dilemma, and the prisoner's dilemma is that if we go against each other, we all fail. But if we stick together, we all win. And that, right. that idea is pretty, pretty transferable to if we all try to go against each other and lower the price, we, we bottom out the price, we all get make less margins. But if we stick together and the AI is able to bring up that price, you know, like I mentioned in the scenario before, if we're able to bring up that price and that seller comes with us, they're going to be in the buy box sometimes as well at that higher mm -hmm. price point. But you they're know, also selling at a it, higher price point. It's this exact thing that you're describing right now, which is kind of why I um, started to unveil everything behind my business, uh, Buy Boxer. You know, we achieved, you know, uh, 50, 60 million in sales a year and we kind of felt like we had all the secrets and we held them onto our chest and like, that's it. But then I realized, I was like, wait, if everyone does this, you know, like understands how to price up 
if there are uh, considering this, that only benefits me, it benefits everyone. Like, um, and so it's that in mind why, you know, partly why I created a podcast. Like I knew that if other people were smarter and um, if I was able to impact the community in any way that it would actually benefit my business directly. And uh, I get, I get text messages from people uh, probably about once a month where they're competing against us. Like, Hey, we're against you right here. And I'm like, well, I hope you listen to, you know, uh, what I say and and talking about pricing up. And yeah, that is kind of a, an interesting game theory uh, uh, problem to solve. It sounds like, you know, you guys tackle that head on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we do know that, you know, out of the millions of Amazon sellers all over the world, you're not going to be able to get a text message from every single one saying, hey, we're on the same listing together. Let's make sure that we keep the price. Up. Yeah. And that's also, there might be other points of that of ethics in terms of price fixing. That's not what we're talking right, about. Right, right. What we are talking about is putting ourselves in, again, the best position to sell by winning buy box and focusing on profit and profit margin. Yeah. Have you been able, this is a funny question that just popped in. Have you ever been to learn anything about your own algorithm when you've had seller snap customers competing against each other? Yeah, absolutely. We have. Um, it's something that, that does happen from time to time, especially we see it more in the retail arbitrage world, but you, we will see it in the wholesale world as well. Mm-hmm. And in theory, if there are two Amazon sellers going up against each other, that's good, right? Because both repricers are going to be working independently to try to bring that price up. Mm-hmm. And so because they're smart, because those repricers are smart enough, they'll eventually get up to that top, uh, get up to the highest price point. But that's in theory, that's in a perfect world, right? And the reason is, is because there are so many other factors that go into, um, that go into repricing. Right. I mean, we, we, we covered like the buy box is finicky itself. And so, right. But also we didn't cover other competitors as well. You know, oh, right. um, we didn't cover, we didn't even cover the fact that let's say you and I are both using seller snap. The repricer is going to act different if we have different mins and maxes. So if we're sourcing at different prices and you have a more competitive price, uh-huh. you might have a chance to, to be more competitive and be in the yeah. buy box longer. Now, it's, yeah, not, you, it's not, it's never perfect. Yep, that's true. Um, if someone bought in bulk or were able to leverage some sort of discount, interesting. Now here's a, a technical question um, that I threw at you. So um, I've been a programmer and I've dabbled in a repricer, you know, built uh, some things and just did rudimentary, you know, very simple pricing. It's been, interesting but i found that like you know if you were to follow what they describe as um you know mws the which is the programming api um it says that you could only uh, submit uh 30 feeds in an hour so essentially one every two minutes when you think about like the frequency of repricing you know, are you guys leveraging this? Are you are on? Are you trying to respond as quickly as possible to to submit prices, or sometimes are you sitting and waiting? So that's a really good question. We're boiling down to the very 
basic levels of the AI, right? Which is sending a repricing fee. The question is, what is that interface? And as you mentioned, the fastest that, the, that we will send a feed is once every two minutes. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we will reprice an item every two minutes. Why? Because the AI is looking at the different competitors, right? And we're learning from the, from the competitive environment. So it doesn't necessarily make sense to be sending repricing feeds or repricing an item when I'm up against a fixed price competitor or up against a competitor that's only repricing every 30 minutes. So the AI will set its own intervals and then we will follow that cadence um, in terms of the feeds that we send. Interesting. Yeah. Now um, there is sometimes where it's super beneficial to be fast, you know, to, to respond quickly uh, to a change. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, maximizing sales and maximizing margin and uh, responding quickly is pretty important. Um, well, I, I hope that, you know, we, <laughs> you know, I'm always hoping for a little bit more clarity on the buy box and we could figure out, you know, like what actually happened, you know, in July. Um, how about, um, uh, do you ever have any like private label sellers that come in and be like, hey, I want to, I want to price under these conditions. Is that something that you guys have uh, ever thought about or you engage with? Yeah. So we do have some private label sellers that, uh, that, uses, that use our platform. Um, I do have to preface everything I'm about to say with the fact that we have developed this program and built the uh, built SellerSnap as a company around servicing competitors competing for the buy box. Uh -huh. That being said, that being said um, private label and white label is something that is becoming more and more prevalent. And we do have a few different options that um, sellers use often when they have, you know, some private label items that they want to sell as well. Um, the first one is follow related ASIN or follow multiple related ASINs, where basically you can put in the ASIN of items that you consider yourself to be competing against in order to make sure that you are staying um, attached to those price. So uh, prices. So if I'm selling a coffee mug, for example, um, I want to make sure that I'm always priced within, I don't know, 50 cents or a dollar of a, co a comparable coffee mug at a comparable sales rank, for example. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have you ever considered like say velocity-based rules? You're like, hey, I wanna be selling this amount per day and so price up or down accordingly. Right, so we do have a, we do have a velocity-based um, model. It is um, something that we're doing kind of a slow rollout because it, it is a bit complex. Sure. Um, and the way that we, the way that we're looking at it right now is not on a daily basis because velocities of a single item can change very rapidly. But we're we're looking at either a seven day or thirty day date range, saying okay. that I want to sell um, at least this many items in seven days, for example. And so that is something that we are working on, and we have customers that are using it. Um, and we're constantly gathering feedback so we can, um, so we can continually improve. Okay. That's cool. Um, and that's kind of like something that I've been, uh, tackling. So, um, I do, I can appreciate the complexity of, you know, uh, 
a private label, like where like, you know, some days just, it, it's just inconsistent, especially when you're selling, you know, less than 20 units a day, um, you know, you're going to have spikes and then you're going to have the opposite of spikes. <laughs> you're going to have days that just don't. That's really interesting. Well, um, I've always known that SellerSnap uh, was a very competent and capable, capable repricer, probably uh, for uh, at least a year, like the top of my list of things that I wanted to just, I wanted to try and see for myself. So I'll have to do that. Um, you guys do have a trial, uh, a two week or a 15 day trial, I think. And then um, I was talking earlier and uh, they got an offer for listeners of the podcast. You can just mention um, th that you came to them from this podcast, or if um, you use the code uh, buyboxer30%, that's like using the symbol. I'll try and I'll throw the link in the uh, show notes. And I, I definitely can recommend people to, to give them a shot. I, I think there's a few parameters that are absolutely required to have a modern day uh, repricer. And um, I mean, Ian's spoken very well to those that I consider essential. But I mean, again, Ian, thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you, Scott, for, for having me. It was, it was great to be here. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, 2021, as we see a little bit of stabilization, but also a little bit of growth. Um, and because uh, I know that uh, working with repricer really has kind of changed the game of the business for for us. And so putting in all the best ideas is absolutely critical. So um, with that said, thanks for everyone for uh, tuning in. And I've got some future shows that I'm pretty excited about. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review and uh, take care. One, two, three. Yeah.